You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games, and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which teams will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, All right, welcome everyone to a bit of a somber episode, episode 38 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm joined, uh, I guess he'd be more my therapist for this episode by Kyle. How's it going, (laughs) Kyle? You've been doing this for uh, a few years now, it feels like. So how do you feel about your role as being my Oilers loss therapist? It's going to be okay, buddy. You know, it's going to be all right. We'll figure it out. We'll get through it. I'll buy you a handle of whatever your favorite alcohol is, and we'll get over it. <laughs> you know what? That, that's a true friend. But, you know, obviously, folks, we're here. We're doing the episode after the Oilers have officially been eliminated from the 2020-2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, they were swept in four games by the Winnipeg Jets. And I got to say, I, I think first off, before we get into talking about the games or anything, big, big hats off to the Winnipeg Jets for um, a, a really good series. I think it was a tight series, even though it was a sweep. I don't think that really indicates um, how the series was. It, like it could have gone either way. Like we had three overtimes and we basically played if you want to count it, we basically played a full nother game. So we didn't lose in four. We lost in five, if you want to call it that. But huge props to the Winnipeg Jets because they they came in and played what playoff hockey is. And I think the Oilers uh, have a lot to learn in that regards. Yeah, I mean, as we were talking before this, uh, you know, in the last podcast, we were talking about those two games and, and what, what they had to do. And uh, they just didn't, couldn't get it together, couldn't, couldn't pull off the deed, couldn't figure it out. But an overtime loss, and then we went to three OTs, 
that is tough, man. I mean, there's a lot to be said about a team that can still hang in for three overtimes. I mean, if there's any way to go, I guess that's the way to do it. Put up a fight at least, but it still sucks to see that happen. So we'll talk about game three first. We were obviously recording last podcast right before it started on that Sunday. Uh, And then it seemed like the Oilers were about to pull themselves back in. It was really great. McDavid and Dreisaitl both broke out onto the scoring. They had three points. Um, I had been complaining about Jujar Kara and Zach Cassian. They both scored in this game. And it seemed like everything was pointing in the right direction. It was going to be a 2-1 series And, you know, we could potentially tie it up and either way, push it to five, make it a bit more of a series. And then the the wheels fell off and the big seemed to be pivotal moment in this game was a Josh Archibald penalty where he sort of he basically clotheslines or what what do you call it when you push someone over someone else? What's that? Tabletop. 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 He he, he basically tabletop uh, Logan Stanley. He clips him pretty low. On his legs, Logan Stanley is also a pretty big boy. Archibald would be suspended after the game, but that was like the pivotal moment. They would score on that power play. They'd score two goals in 16 seconds, tie it 4-4. The Oilers had blown a 4-1 lead, and then they lose in overtime on a Nikolai Ehlers. And we had also talked about that was his first game in the playoffs. He scores two goals, including the overtime winner on a face-off play with Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald on the ice. Really tough loss. And it was it was one of those things where the Oilers had only done that, had only lost when leading after two periods, like four times in the regular season. There were just so many outliers here that happened. And it was just a, a horrible collapse. And obviously pointing at that one Josh Archibald moment, it was um, a lapse in judgment and honestly gut-wrenching and it's it's hard to uh because now you got to turn around and then now our backs are really into the wall so what did you think about the the collapse there the Archibald hit the the whole shebang it's tough to watch that from the bench too just to watch that just kind of slide of oh shit there goes all of our momentum um, I mean, the Archibald hit is just kind of, it's one of those things where I think the officiating has been kind of iffy, uh, you know, just here and there. So I think guys are taking shots that they think they might be able to get away with just because of the playoffs and the calls have been here or there. You know, I mean, there, there's really no consistent line. Some people are getting away with crazy hits. Some people are getting fined and penalties for light light duty stuff so i think there that definitely might have played a factor i don't know it, it could just be something else in, in the frustration of being down in the series like that you know during the playoffs but who knows but i do think it's it's tough to watch that slide you know after you're up with such a big lead and then you just watch that just crumble but i can't say that after those couple of goals go in I can't say that I'm very surprised that the momentum completely flips and the Jets just take the game over. It also speaks a little bit to the Oilers' inexperience. We saw those couple goals go in, and I want to point a couple fingers, I guess, at Tippett because he never called a timeout, and I, I definitely would have called a timeout somewhere in there after just to try and refocus, but he never did, and I think the Oilers' inexperience then sort of had them panicking a little bit. But did you, were you surprised that Archibald was suspended for the one game? Did you think it was fair? I thought 
I wasn't sure if he was going to get suspended for it because it's the playoffs and then they did. And I was guess I was like, okay. I mean, I understand why, but it's also the playoffs. I maybe thought they would have just find him and move. Yeah. I mean, put it this way. There's, I can understand why that's a, why he gets suspended for it. But also if you look across the league, there's a lot worse things that have happened that I would have suspended people for that didn't get suspended. And just got a fine and then moved on. So I understand the suspension, but I was also kind of like, eh. I figured they would have let that one go. So then we head to game four. Oilers down three, nothing in the series. Their backs to the wall. We get McDavid finally scores on a pretty, pretty wraparound play. Nugent Hopkins gets his first of the series on a really nice follow-up rebound. Nice hands in tight. He roofs it on the backhand. And then again, in the third period, um, Oilers with a lead in the third period, couple minutes left. Ethan Bear with probably one of the biggest turnovers in his NHL career just launches it straight up the middle. I've seen breakdowns of this play, and Bear definitely wears a lot of it. Also, I think Slater Cuckoo probably shouldn't have moved the puck. He could have taken more time. He put Ethan Bear in a tough position. And then if you also look at the forwards, all of them were at the blue line already. They had sort of flew in the coop, forcing Ethan Bear to make that 100-foot pass. But it's still, you can't do that, Bear. Like, yeah. he throws it right to Wheeler. Wheeler then toe drags Cuckoo into oblivion. And then yeah. backdoor to Connor, over to Shifley. And then Shifley puts an absolute laser beam on a one-timer, his second of the game, because he had another one-timers earlier in the game on the power play. Then we go to overtime. And basically from that giveaway, Bear and Cuckoo do not play the rest of the game. We are playing four defenders. We stop playing the fourth line. We basically are double shifting Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Every other shift, one of them is on the ice if they're not together. And we just ran that. And we hit first OT, second OT, all the way into the third OT. Oilers with a lot of good chances, especially in that second OT. They just, like, I felt like they could not hit the net. There were just no bounces going the Oilers' way. And then on a tough break, on a bit of a late change, because as we saw, we're running a really short bench now because we've effectively benched six players on our bench. It was a late change. Kyle Connor comes in, snipes it past Mike Smith. And just like that, the Oilers are swept after playing um, almost a full another hockey game. Like I said, Darnell Nurse now hits fourth all time most minutes played in a hockey game with over 62 minutes played, um, which is crazy. I will say Darnell Nurse, while this series was tough, Darnell Nurse was an animal. Like he was one of the biggest surprises and great improvements we saw all season. And this final game for him, even though it ended like that, I think is really a good way for him to, I guess, cap off what is now the end of his season like that. Shout out to Darnell Nurse also, because he will not be getting any sleep ever. Um, because he got on the plane after that, went directly to the hospital and uh, his where his wife birthed his child. So congratulations and also very sorry for your lack of sleep in the past few days. One of the other guys that is in front of him on that list for time played was Seth Jones in that five overtime game from last year where the, the, the Jackets played the Lightning. So, I mean, think about that. He, he played the same amount in three overtimes as Seth Jones, arguably the number one defenseman on the Blue Jackets played in five overtimes. So there was two extra periods and he played like three more minutes on the ice or something like that. 
that's just an absolute Iron Man kind of performance. You can understand why you start to play your better guys a little bit more, but not like that. I mean, there's a certain I understand it's do or die. So, you know, if they don't end up winning, OK, you know, they have the summer to go play golf and rest anyway. But it's kind of one of those things where you're not going to win when you're taking a third of your roster and just saying, "Nah, you guys, you guys are good. You're going to sit here. Uh, we'll we'll let the big boys play." Yeah, I understand. You know, Bear, Bear and Cuckoo make that uh, pretty tough play in the D zone there, but you got to let them live through it and overcome it. You know. Yeah, and I also didn't understand why one of the other people he benched was Ryan McLeod. Um, I know he's a rookie, and you maybe don't want him in that scenario, but the dude was wheeling all night. He was going and I I was even expecting, you know, after he didn't play the first overtime or even halfway through the second overtime, I thought he might just throw him in there to surprise the Jets with some fast legs, but he just never got in. It seemed like Tippett was pretty content to just play those same guys just throughout the game. That was the, the way it went and good shot from Connor. Incredible series by the Jets. And the Oilers are out. Uh, just like that, the season is over. So I guess, Kyle, what is first, what's your biggest takeaway from the series um, after watching it? You got to add some depth here in the offseason. That's my biggest takeaway is if you plan on making the playoffs and you plan on making a run, you got to have more than two guys that are able to put up points. You know, Smith played well. You know, there's nothing nothing to say there. I mean, obviously, a depth goaltender is something to look at as well in the offseason. But I think your bottom six forwards are really who you got to look at. You know, even, even the defense, I think, if they just get a little more practice and experience under their belt, they'll be fine. But that bottom six is uh, real tough looking, real tough looking. So that's my biggest takeaway from the series. Uh, I agree. I definitely like the depth scoring is a hundred percent true. Tippett even admitted in the postseason interview that the Jets depth scoring outscored the Oilers depth scoring all season. It's definitely something to look at. I think we also got to look at um, someone play up top. Uh, I think another like a second line left winger, not to mention there's some big, uh, big, big uh, things coming up in the off season. Um, but before we start talking about like the off season and that sort of stuff, a couple more things. Uh, first thing is, uh, after the series ended, uh, it comes out um, that Ethan Bear has been receiving a lot of racial abuse online because of the turnover. All right, it's a bad hockey play, but it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. Like, come on now. One, we can't be yeah. eating our own players alive like that. And two, that's just, that's disgusting. Like, come on now. You, you, should, yeah. you can't be going at someone like that. Like, leave them alone. <laughs> it, it, it's hockey's hockey, but you, you can't be going at someone like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to tear into them for, for making a bad hockey play, all right, you know, Tell him, tell me, you know, oh, you're that's the worst play. That's the worst breakout opportunity I've ever seen in my life. But the, there's no reason for any for any of the, the, the racial stuff for, for what? Just just because just yeah. because you feel the need to attack him for something. Like, why? There's just yeah, there's, there's yeah, no place for that. There's, there's I don't no care who that. does it. I don't care if it's a white guy, black guy. You know, I, I don't care who makes that play. There's no reason. To, it's just it's just stupid. Like there's, there's no reason for that. You know what I mean? So I hate to see that. And then the other thing is you got to give like an MVP to someone in this 
playoff series, Oilers or Jets, who are you giving the MVP to? Honestly, I think Kyle Connor played a fantastic series. I think he had a lot of very good plays, and he puts in the overtime goal to to close it out. So I, I would say Kyle Connor. I think. I think if I think if put it this way, I think Oilers. If he had a couple more games in, I think it would probably would have been Oilers. He would have if he would have played those first two games. It probably would have ended up being him. But I'll take Connor on this one. Well, there's lots of Connors in this series, so I'm going to have to give this one to Connor Hellebuck on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, He also bailed the Jets out when they needed him most. He stood on his head, got lucky. I think back to the puck that Leon shot that went through his legs and then out the other side and missed the net. Uh, There were just a bunch of chances, but he he stood tall and bailed them out when he needed them. So I'm going to give my MVP to Connor Hellebuck. We move to the offseason, I guess, now. Uh, the players have begun to have their uh, – or have had their offseason meetings, now their exit meetings. So I got some clips here. First thing is, obviously, with the Oilers being swept on another first-round exit, everyone from everywhere begins to pile on to the, all right, well, Connor McDavid wants out. And so one thing I love about the media is they basically come in and just straight up ask, hey, Connor McDavid, everyone says you want out. What are your thoughts on that? And I thought he handled it pretty well. So, uh, Connor McDavid, everyone. Now, there is a narrative that you know usually comes from the outside that if you know the others don't having <clears throat> don't start having playoff success, then Connor's going to become unhappy in Edmonton. I'm wondering if if you could address where you stand on that, what your patience level is. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's not the case obviously, uh, at all. Um, you know, we have a we have a great core here. You know. Leon and 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 Nursey, um, Nuge, Lars. I mean, these are guys that uh, you know I've kind of kind of grown up with, and and uh, um, you know we want to see this thing through together, and, and we want to do this thing uh, do this thing right. Um, you know, as a as a group, um, you know, it's special to be able to to play with these guys, and and um, you know, I think uh, you know it feels like we're we're, we're, we're light years away, but, it, but, but we're a lot closer than, than, than I think, uh, you know, it feels today. All righty. So first of all, can everyone stop with McDavid's going to request a trade? It's not going to happen. So just, just stop, just stop. All right. It's overdone. It's overdone at this point. But with that being said, hearing that Kyle, um, what do you think? Obviously he's disappointed, but the dude's not going anywhere. That's the best player in the world, and he just lost. He just got swept in the first round of the playoffs after having one of the best seasons of his career. One I mean, of the best seasons in NHL ever. history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you, you can't fault him for being upset. You can't fault him for being disappointed. And I think he handles that question extremely well. I think it's funny he does give a couple of super generic hockey guy answers. But I think overall, that's kind of what you expect. You know, they made him the captain for a reason. It's not surprising to see him give that take. With that being said, one of the things about him staying and having like a superstar elite talent and you see it in really any sport when you when a team adds a franchise player right? The, the expectations and like the culture, right? We, we, everyone likes to talk about the culture in Edmonton changes. And I think even 
you know, with this loss, we see in one of the reasons like this hurts so much is because we are, and as fans, like we know the team is capable of more and the team knows they're capable of more, right? There's a higher standard now. We expect to be winning or to be better. And so when these losses happen, they, they hurt more. And so, you know, he, he talks about, you know, that, that building of culture as well. And I think that's more hopeful and what we like to hear um, in these exit meetings going into the summer. Do you think that yeah, certainly. what's happening within the organization than the playoff results indicate? Well, I think the standard's gone up. I think that's, and, and, and that's, I mean, that's kind of where it all starts, right? I think, you know, the, the, the culture that, uh, you know, we come to the rink every day and, and you know, demand better from each other, um, you know, expect better from each other. I think, uh, you know, uh, if this was a couple of years ago, you know, we would be sitting here just so happy that we got to play four playoff games. I think uh, that's definitely not the mood in here today. So, um, you know, we want we want more and we want lots more. So, um, you know, we want uh, to continue to work together and, and uh, you know, obviously uh, win a cup one day. Boom. My captain right there. All right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's not an if it's a, it's a when. So I guess like, what do you, what do you think hearing that? Again, that's the reason you make him your captain. I mean, obviously a, a take like that, you know, that guy's in it for the long haul, you know, uh, he wants to see better out of himself, out of his, you know, players, out of his buddies, his brothers. Those are guys that, like you said, everybody in there, you know, they show up every day and they push each other to do better and they want more out of each other. And I think that's definitely the way you get to playoff wins and eventually a, a Stanley Cup is is pushing each other and playing better and playing together. So I agree. That's a, a fantastic statement um, and exactly what you want to see out of your captain. And so then with that, we transition to the off season. Um, and I think probably the biggest question on everyone's mind is the unrestricted free agency of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He heads to free agency. He's been an Oiler since he was drafted first overall. Over 10 years ago, he's the longest standing Oiler at this moment. And when posed with the question in his exit interview, he um, answered basically with the answer that everyone expected uh to hear and but like when you hear it come out of his mouth it just it makes it tear up because damn damn if Connor mcdavid didn't have the c this man deserves it because just listen to this i mean i think i've said it from the start i i love being an oiler i always have <clears throat> my goal is always to 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 be to stay an oiler and um right now at this point i'm not it's not really in my mind i mean i'm Right now, it's uh, I got a lot, lot more in my head than than that. So it's uh, tough to tough to kind of think about that and uh, and get my thoughts wrapped around that. But I think I've said it from day one that um, I've, I love being an Oiler and um, it's something that I've uh, taken a lot of pride in over the last ten years. And boom, the Nuge. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he he resigns? Do you think he stays? Yeah, I mean, especially with the amount of cap room that the Oilers have to work with. I mean, that's a guy you don't get rid of. He, he's performed every year he's been there. So I don't think anybody's really any worried about his performance at all. And you heard him. He said it himself. 
that's a, a place he likes to be. He wants to, he wants to stay in Oiler. There's no surprise. Like when he signs, everybody's going to pretty much be like, okay, he signed. It's not so much a if he signs, it's what he signs. I think that that's that's really all you're looking at is is what do you give him for a deal? I mean, he's worth a, a good chunk of money. I mean, he's a great player, especially you know you put him you put him in the lineup with some of those with, with some of those super other superstar guys like Leon or Connor. You're making unreal lines. Yeah, and so you, you talked about the Oilers are going to have a ton of cap space. There's going to be a lot of big decisions. I think re-signing Nuge is going to take up a little bit of that cap space, obviously. Um, but Tyson Berry is no longer an Oiler. We've got Mike Smith, also unrestricted free agent. We also have um, a bunch of bottom six forwards coming off the books. And we might do like a more in-depth like off-season episode later in once the playoffs have concluded. Um, but I guess some of the big questions right now, I'll ask you, do you think Tyson Barry returns? No, I don't. I think as much offense as he put up, I think he was very good on the power and I, play. I think you've changed your mind because I think I, I asked you that mid regular season and you said, yes. Yeah. So I think definitely in the regular season, you know, he was putting up a crazy number of points. I mean, he was putting up a lot. So his offensive output to his, his defensive liability, I should say, the offensive output weighed a lot heavier than the defensive liability. But later, through, you know, throughout the, the later parts of the season and, and throughout the entirety of playoffs, he was just an absolute liability. As you've mentioned plenty of times, the foot speed on that guy is just it's like he's like he's logging rocks when he tries to skate it's not worth it there you have you have way more guys that can play that offensive spot on the power play or you know create shots from the point and stuff like that i think his price tag is going to be i think he's going to want more money than he's worth to stay i mean if you can sign him on a good deal okay you know i mean if you can get him for really cheap sure keep him around for the power play and and point production from the point. But other than that, I, I think he's got to find somewhere else to be. I think, to be honest, the Oilers could probably convince him to stay for cheaper than other teams. But I think the thing is, he has always talked about he wants like a long term deal. And I think he's going to yeah. push for like a five, six year deal. And oh, no, thank you. Mm, oh, yeah, God. no. No, sir. And I think that's yeah. going to be the bigger issue with Tyson Berry. So I agree, Tyson Berry. But you know what? He did exactly what he, I think, set out to do. He came here, he signed, yeah. boosted his points. Um, I think he finished number one in point in defenseman in the regular season. And he's going to be, he's going to sign a big ticket here with a different team. So you know what? Hats off to you, Tyson Berry. You executed that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. The other big one, Mike Smith. Huge surprise. I criticized it from day one. And then we hopped on, you know, no criticism of Mike Smith train. He was incredible. You know, I think there were a couple I would have liked him to have in these playoffs, but man, he made the big time saves. And I think too, like, even in that overtime, like there were some 10 bell saves to keep it us in the first second and even in that third overtime until the eventual winner. So um, he outperformed my expectations monumentally. He turns 40 this off season. So what do you think? Mike Smith coming uh, back? Yeah, I think, I think you keep him. I think, I think you definitely look for another goaltender, whether you're looking for, uh, you know, like a full-time starter or maybe, a, you know, another mid to high caliber goalie to do a bit of a tandem like you had intended to do with Koskinen maybe. 
So I think you're looking for another goalie as well, but I think you keep Mike Smith around until he gives you a reason not to. Obviously, he played one of the best seasons of his career. He was one of the hottest goaltenders in the league rounding out the season. And, you know, even though, as you mentioned, there was a couple that was like, eh, you probably should grab that one in the playoffs. He, he still stood on his head and made a ton of saves. So I think you keep Mike Smith around. Yeah, and so like I like I mentioned, um, we'll probably do a bit more of an in-depth off-season, look at the team, look at the whole cap space. We'll go on like cap-friendly and be all nerdy with it, see what the Oilers could do and stuff like that. But that's for a much later episode in the postseason after the playoffs. But, you know, with that, the Oilers have been eliminated. They're out of the postseason. So we'll probably do another episode for this coming Monday episode just to do the playoffs. And then we'll probably drop down to one a week now that the Oilers are out of it till the playoffs are over. And then um, we'll see what ends up happening after that. But for now, we are going to quite take a quick break. And then we are going to talk about the playoffs a little bit more. And then we are going to get out of here. So we will be back momentarily. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. Started playing the like, dun, 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 dun. And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. And then <laughs> I, I looked down at my face. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trick. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Alrighty, we are back. So we are going to take a look around at the rest of the playoffs. We've got the North Division. We all know the Jets are on to the second round. They will play the winner of the Toronto-Montreal series. Toronto currently has a 3-1 to series lead after a 4-0 shutout win in their Game 4 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Um, what have you thought about that so far? It seems like after... Um, that Tavares game, the team has rallied and they have pretty much done exactly what we thought they were going to do to the Canadians. Yeah, I mean, the team probably, you know, did a bit of a, all right, well, fine, we'll do it for JT. And then they just kind of rocket boosted their way back into how they actually play hockey. And they're just crushing it offensively. I mean, a 4 nothing shutout. Uh, not only is that fantastic offensively, but great defense too you know the goalies are playing well i think they're doing a good job at shutting down um the canadian scores i think this is exactly what we expected out of the leafs so no surprise here for me 
So the Leafs are now up in a series. They look to be poised to make it to round two for the first time in a long time. And I know that makes a lot of Leafs fans very nervous. So do you think that they can, you know, finally make it over the hump? Or do you think they start to choke here? If the pass gives us any indication, they'll lose three straight. (laughs) But I think they'll probably round it out here in the next game or two and head on to to play the Jets. I'll say they get a little bit of a hiccup, but I say they finish them in six. So I I think you're right. I think it'll be a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, Winnipeg Jets round two, which will be quite interesting because they had a rough regular season against each other, um, if that is the case. Uh, Moving on, though, we have the Tampa Bay Florida Panther series and the Florida Panthers live to fight another day. They've got Spencer Knight coming in clutch in game five to, uh, you know, save the day. The series is now three to two with game six coming up. What have you thought about Spencer Knight? Also, incredible post-game interview like i know oh, yeah i know you're cheering for the lightning in the series but how can you not cheer for that oh, story no. of spencer it, knight that was hilarious he was awesome played a game we had a, we had an early game monday for for my league for hockey so i only missed the first period so i got i i got home in time to watch uh, most of it and i looked i was like three years on the bench bob is nowhere to be seen who the heck is this kid in net and then um, I remembered that he had played for uh, Team USA uh, in the World Juniors a couple of years ago and just played phenomenally. Um, and my mom texted me. It was like, wild call putting this rookie goalie in. And I was like, well, he seems to be playing hot right now. Like He seems to be on it. And he was. I mean, he, he stood on his head. There was there are some goals that went in and, and even he, he got up immediately afterwards and you could see through his mask. He was just smiling away. No problem. That was a cool thing to see. I mean, that's that's one of everybody's uh, dreams is to show up and play in the playoffs. And, you know, first ever first ever playoff start and he comes out with the win. So, you know, good story. Feel good story. Well, I know where your allegiance lies, and I know that you still think Tampa Lightning are going to finish them off in this series. I am still of the opinion that this thing goes all the way to seven because Team Chaos over here. But, man, it's been a great story, and it just gets even better when they bring in the rookie goalie. So, uh, man, it, it makes for some great hockey down here in the South. Staying down South, though, we're going to move over to the Carolina-Nashville series, and Nashville has given them a bit of a run for their their money Carolina finally won it or they took a series lead at least to make it 3-2 last night in overtime great play by Jordan Stahl batting it out of the air I think Carolina's still going to come out with the win here but I mean hats off to Nashville like me and you said we thought they were going to just beat the brakes off of them Carolina yeah. was and Nashville's hanging around I think certainly that series has took a turn that most people did not expect good on good on Nashville for giving them a a run for their money, make them make them feel it a little before they just hand over, uh, you know, wins to them. So, uh, like you mentioned, great great play by Jordan Stahl to, to put it home and, and win the game. But yeah, this this shaped up to be an interesting series for sure. And it's not without its bit of controversy. Um, after game four that Nashville tied the series up 2-2. There had been two games in a row where the penalty calls had been seven against Carolina and only three against Nashville in both games. So that's 14 penalties against Carolina in two games. And Brindamore came out and the dude, Rob Brindamore, is is a scary, scary man. And he had some words to say about the ref. 
Well, I mean, what's the message? We played our butts off, played great, played hard. You know, we're playing a great team. And to me, you know, I didn't say it, but I think it's we're, we're in a battle. And like I said, Nashville's a phenomenal team, but we're also fighting the refs. That's plain and simple. You can't tell me two games in a row, we get seven and eight penalties and they get three. And when the game's this even, that's, it's not right. It's not right. And that's, it's, I, I give my guys tons of credit for just sticking and going and playing their butts off and had a good chance to win. I mean, we still had a chance to win coming back. It's not right. Two overtimes, you know, a knickknack penalty when there was stuff going all over, just flip the momentum and they score the next shift after because we we're, we're out of rotation. And that's not how it should go. I mean, that's a man upset with the rest. He'll probably get fined by the league for it. But again, that's one of those where you're like, I will take that fine all day and on Sunday. Because even if they give him a fine, they're still going to look into it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, well, you're not wrong. They might give him a little bit of a slap on the wrist for a, for a fine. He doesn't care. He makes, makes a ton of money. And I will um, say in the oh. game five that Carolina ended up winning, the penalties were much even. I think Carolina only had three call, three or four called on them that game. So, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like risk reward and I'll eat the fine for a little even officiating here. So good on Brendan Moore. Then moving to the New York Islanders Pittsburgh Penguins series. This game has been a crazy series in the sense that goaltenders are just giving the puck away left and right. It seems like the hockey, like the actual play has been really good and the goaltending has been suspect. And that's made for some really exciting hockey. So what have you thought about this series so far? Both teams have uh, have a good set of skaters. I mean, you, you have a couple of superstars on each team. You know, you're looking at Barzell, you're looking at Crosby. So I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the hockey itself has been pretty good, and the tenders are just out of whack here. So I I watched the first game of this series, and I, I thought the Penguins were just going to absolutely run away with it. The Islanders ended up winning that game, but by the looks of the game, the, the Penguins were just absolutely all over them. So I thought they were going to really take, take hold of the series here, but good on the Islanders for showing up and playing good hockey. Yeah, and so then the one other series that is still going on, we've got the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild playing each other. Cam Talbot is doing everything in his power to hold the Minnesota Wild in it. They are now up to a 3-2 series lead Vegas's over Minnesota. Um, again, Minnesota putting up a little bit more of a fight than everyone thought they would. But I think, again, Vegas is going to be too strong and they're going to just overtake them here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Again, good on some of these some of these teams that are definitely listed as the underdog here. You know, good on these guys for you know making making the big dogs feel the heat a little. So it certainly makes for uh, interesting to watch hockey. I know the uh, the Vegas Minnesota series has been a little uh, just throughout the regular season and into the playoffs has been a, just an interesting one to watch um, with a lot of skill going on. I, I agree. Uh, I think Vegas is just going to finish them off here, you know, whether it be this game or the next, I think it'll, I think it'll definitely be Vegas coming out of this one, but good on Minnesota for showing up. And so then the winner of that series will take on the Colorado Avalanche because they have swept the St. Louis blues, the other sweep in the first round though, I will say in terms of sweeps, this was a pretty classic sweep. The Colorado Avalanche just blew the doors off them, whereas compared to the Oilers-Winnipeg series, that was tooth and nail, a bounce here or there, and that's a completely different series. 
Avalanche just ate the Blues alive, even with the Kadri suspension, like didn't even phase them a little bit. To be honest, they probably should have let the Blues win a couple games just so they could wait, get Kadri a couple more games off his suspension eaten away. So then he could come back sooner for the second round. Um, but now that they've won this, he's probably going to be out for the entire second round as well. So we'll see if that affects them any. Um, and then the other series that also is over and a lot sooner than everyone expected. Unfortunately for hockey fans, it's um, it was a really good series while it lasted. The Bruins beat the Washington Capitals 4-1 in the series. Really good series, but I think we just saw that the Capitals goaltending was a little bit suspect and the Bruins were are just a, a tight, tight, really strong playoff team. If the Caps get a, a you know a decent goalie in there, an actual starting goalie, like an actual legitimate tried and true starting goaltender. I think that the series is definitely different, but for sure, I think this turns Ovi into an absolute monster again this season. Um, did you see the picture of him sitting on the, sitting on the, uh, on the boards there, just looking into the abyss, like looking at nothing, just absolute Russian stone face. Yeah. He's going to turn into a complete psychopath next season. You're going to see the wrath of him. I love watching angry Ovi play hockey. It's fantastic. Another 50 next season. Book it. Guaranteed. Book it. <laughs> Bet it now, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Call, call your bookie. Put the numbers in. All right. And so like I mentioned, with the playoffs continuing, we're probably going to go down to one episode a week now that the Oilers are out of it. But we'll still, you know, talk about the stuff from the playoffs as things wind down. Obviously, Kyle's going to be watching it pretty intensely. He is He's got that lightning fan tie, so he's going to be watching it a little bit intensely. I'm going to be, you know, watching it here and there as just a hockey fan. Not really sure who to cheer for right now um, at the moment. I'm st- I'm just going to watch, see see who maybe peaks my eye. I know you're going to try usually, and convince me to, to hop on your bandwagon here. Usually Michael decides to cheer for anybody except for who I'm cheering for, just because he likes to be an asshole and inspire chaos and anarchy. I mean, honestly, the Florida Panthers are the underdog, so it's hard not to cheer for the underdog in this scenario. But the underdog, they're the, they're the higher seed. But to be fair, to be fair, to be honest, if I'm looking at it, I don't know. I really like Vegas as a team. I think at the Avalanche are a fun team, so it's hard not to to cheer for them a little bit. Um, however, with that, like I said, we'll we'll talk about that as the playoffs go on in the future episodes as we whittle down to one a week. Um, the one other piece of news, and it's actually Oilers news here, is Gretzky has stepped down. He was vice chairman of blah, 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 blah in the Edmonton Oilers organization. Really what his role was is he was a figurehead. He was a spokesperson. We could wait, wheel Wayne Gretzky out you know, on ice at dinner parties and stuff like that and be like, look, Wayne Gretzky. And he'd, you know, wave. Have you met Wayne? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He'd do his thing. And so that's really what his role was. Um, However, with, you know, all of the new broadcasting deals the NHL has signed and TNT being one of them, TNT offered Wayne Gretzky $3 million to be a commentator or like an analyst to come on and speak on TNT, which is, I mean, Good for TNT. I mean, that's probably one of the most recognizable names in hockey. So uh, he leaves the Oilers. Not anything to do with this playoffs. More because, you know, he got offered um, $3 million. And he's going to get to talk about hockey. So uh, congrats to Wayne Gretzky. And it's going to be cool to see the great one a little bit more on TV more. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) He'll show up. Uh, I I was 
certainly curious to see um, who some of these new uh, broadcasting teams are going to be. I'm assuming that most of the um, NBC team is just going to move over to either TBS or TNT and, you know, show up and do their national broadcast games as well, just because that's the easy thing to do. That would definitely be the easy thing is if NBC no longer has a need for hockey analysts, they're going to be like, well, we're not paying you guys. And then they're all going to be like, so can we just keep our jobs? And it's probably what's going to end up happening. But it's nice to see that they're uh, pulling from some real experience, some some sheer brute, absolute point scoring force in Wayne Gretzky, the GOAT. But yeah, so it'll be nice to see, uh, to hear his takes on on everything when next season when we're watching random hockey games. Yeah, and so, I mean, with that, I guess we'll wrap up the last Edmonton Oilers-centric uh, Rigrats podcast for the time being. Kind of sad. I will say, though, you made me feel better, so you did your job, Kyle. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, hopefully Yay. we made, you know, the rest of you guys feel a little bit better as well. Um, you know, this loss is still going to take some time to cope, but, you know, I'm still an Oilers fan at heart. Here's to next season and all that stuff. As always, though, be sure to follow me on Twitter because I like to get in fights with people, apparently. Emotions were high after that loss. That's all I'm going to say on that topic. But uh, if you want to follow along with any shenanigans, you can. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. Um, and then be sure to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment or a review on any of the podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, it helps out a great deal. Um, and I guess for the last time, Kyle, let's go Oilers. Oilers. <laughs>